0: You're listening to the Lifting Her Voice Podcast, episode number 212. Today we'll read Hebrews chapter 8 together. The author gives us a beautiful description of a heavenly priesthood and superior covenant. This week marked the 26th anniversary of my firstborn's death. I promised you that I would tell you the story of Jess. It just never seemed like the proper time. But today seems right. I wanted a baby so badly. It took us two years to get pregnant, and for me, it seemed like an eternity. When I was about four weeks along, about the time her rudimentary heart started to beat, I got an inner ear infection. I was so conflicted about taking the amoxicillin. Many years later, after asking the question, why, so many times it was practically a mantra, a doc shrugged and said offhandedly, the heart defect was probably caused by the virus that caused the ear infection. Who knew? Although that makes so much sense, a more mature joy knows that only God knows why Jessica would be born with a coarctation of her aorta that led to her brain. One thing I know for sure is that Jess was meant to be. Her birth was both ordained and blessed by God, and I loved her. At the well-baby check, she had a heart murmur. Then again, most babies do. But that night, four days after she was born, When the ductus between her heart and her lungs shut down as it was supposed to, she suffered a circulatory collapse because of the narrowing of that aorta. Even in the dark, I could see her purple, near-lifeless body contrasted against the white bunting. That was the first of many trips to the hospital over her twelve and a half years. My life changed that night. The way I defined myself changed that night. I became an advocate that night. Before that night, I didn't even know what a neonatal intensive care unit was. Within 24 hours, we were practically living there. Jessica had her first open-heart surgery the next day. That was on a Friday. Her dad and I showed up at a local church on Sunday. I may not have been serving Christ at the time, I may very well have lost my way, but we knew this was bigger than us, and we knew we needed Jesus. They loved on us there, they prayed for us even though they didn't know us, and that church family ultimately helped us raise her. It quickly became pretty apparent that we would outlive Jess. Over the years, Her pediatric cardiologist came to trust us and finally felt safe in answering our questions. What should we be looking for? When will we know? When is she going to die? That's when I learned that most of us take puberty for granted, but for someone like Jess, the strain on the heart is just too much. She was with her dad when it happened, and I thank God for that frequently. He needed to know that everything that could have been done was done, and God granted him that gift. As they were driving, with Jess riding in the back seat, she went into cardiac arrest. He pulled over at a local restaurant, and as he lifted her out of the car, he told me later he felt her spirit leave her. The ambulance came, but she was gone. When I got the call, I picked up my mom, and we drove 80 miles per hour to that Modesto hospital. I got to sit with her for a time. My most special memory about that time was the absence of the cerebral palsy in her legs. She was relaxed and at peace, and I knew beyond doubt that she was home with the Lord. Jess was a really special kid. That's not her mom talking, you can ask anyone who knew her. To this day, I still maintain that she taught me so much more than I ever taught her. Maybe you have a similar story, or maybe you knew Jess and would like to share a memory. I'm all ears at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hebrews Chapter 8 Now the main point of what is being said is this. We have this kind of high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and the true tabernacle that was set up by the Lord and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it was necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he wouldn't be a priest, since there are those offering the gifts prescribed by the law. These serve as a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was warned when he was about to complete the tabernacle. For God said, Be careful that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry, and to that degree he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for a second one. But finding fault with his people, he says, See The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. I showed no concern for them, says the Lord, because they did not continue in my covenant. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, Says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And each person will not teach his fellow citizens, and each his brother or sister, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least to the greatest of them. For I will forgive their wrongdoing. And I will never again remember their sins. By saying a new covenant, he has declared that the first is obsolete, and what is obsolete and growing old is about to pass away. I absolutely love this description of Jesus as the superior high priest. It's only by reading this can we look back and truly understand that the law was imperfect and god intended it that way when we read the old testament particularly the law we're a little horrified knowing that we can never measure up to that kind of perfection we don't realize until we know jesus that the law itself is imperfect paving the way to see and understand what real perfection is, Christ, verses eight through twelve is a quote from jeremiah thirty one thirty one through thirty four Long before Jesus was born, God clearly explained that he would make a new covenant, a beautiful promise that depended on God's love and mercy, and not our rebellion and stubbornness. Again. If you're like me and love to know the procession from A to B to C, this will make so much more sense after you have read the Old Testament. But for now, you have spent seven months coming to know Christ. You know that God is the Creator of all things. He also created us, and we rejected His ways, but He provided a way for us to be reunited with Him. Jesus. And so that you can have the assurance of being part of this new covenant, you must respond. You must admit to God you're a sinner and turn away from that sin. You must believe that Jesus is God's Son who took the punishment for sin for you and that forgiveness is yours, a free gift of grace from God. Then Spend the rest of your life following him and telling others. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this new covenant. I thank you for Jesus, our King and High Priest forever. Accepting your free gift of grace is simple, but it's not easy. Thank you, it is so simple that even a child can understand. But thank you also that you come alongside to help us daily walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray God will grow in you what has been planted and watered here. In this time of unprecedented struggle worldwide, we can look to God for guidance and comfort. Be sensitive to those in your circle of influence who need a word of encouragement and invite them to join us. If you like the show, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you right here tomorrow. Be well.